never, ever marks this spot. I am altering the deep. Pray I don't alter it any further. Welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that can't wait to see the Wayne's World Halloween special, Mike Myers versus Mike Myers. <laughs> my name is Drew, I'll be your host for the evening. Along with me, as always, is my brother Peter. Here. <laughs> um, what's going on, man? How have you been? Uh, pretty good. I was trying to figure out where you were going with that one for a second, but uh, no, you know, things have been good. That one's been staring <laughs> us in the face for years. <laughs> Well, I always I always thought of it because I knew when I was a kid, I knew uh, Mike Myers from watching SNL and stuff. And then once I learned about the Halloween movies, I always thought it was funny that he had the same name. And oddly enough, like you said, there's not a lot of people who have made that joke before, you know, surprisingly. I know. Well, I'm like, that's been staring at like 168 episodes. That's been staring at us. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Um, all right, man. Well, we got a ton of news, so let's not waste any time. Let's jump right into it. What are you watching, reading? What do you got? Absolutely. So luckily, my watching is very short this week. Um, I've mostly been watching the new season of The Great British Baking Show <laughs> on Netflix. Um, and the show right. is amazing. I've mentioned it in the past. Um, and it's one of those things where I'm not really into baking. I'm typically not really into cooking shows at all. But it's one of those shows that uh, I caught my wife watching once and I was just like, immediately sort of just enchanted by just like how good this show actually is. And ad ad admittedly, I do enjoy a good reality comp competition show. I don't like like The Bachelor and stuff, but I like stuff like Face Off or Ink Master, you know, stuff that's based on, you know, I guess like crafts and skills, you know, I like to see people compete at what they're good at. And that's kind of what the show is. But it's also hosted like the hosts are really entertaining um, because you have like Noel Fielding, who's the guy who played uh, old Greg on the Mighty Boosh, if you're familiar with that oh, sketch. Okay. And you all you also have the guy who played um, Kristen Wiig's roommate in um in Bridesmaids, you know how she lived with those two like British siblings. OK, uh, the, the guy, the guy who is her roommate from that movie is also hosting the show. And both of them are just hilarious. And it's this is one of those shows where if you don't like baking shows, I still think you should check it out because it honestly is just really good and entertaining. Um but yeah, other than that, I mostly just caught up on some of the trailers that uh, you talked about last week. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Batman looks awesome. Um, Flash yeah. looks pretty cool. Yes. But what's ahead? Uh, so I was going to say, yes, Batman looks awesome. Yes, Flash looks cool. What else? <laughs> Flash looks cool. So Flash looks cool and Flash looks like Flashpoint. But I feel like we just haven't seen enough to wet our whistle. Um yeah, the Batman movie looks more of what I expected, which is just really dark, badass 
just cool looking stuff. But that last shot of the trailer where it's Batman walking towards the penguins car as he's upside down and, you know, there's a giant flame behind him and it's just that upside down shot of Batman walking. That was just amazing. That was just like such an iconic shot to end that trailer on. So that was awesome. Um, Otherwise, like I watched the Uncharted trailer. I thought that looked okay. Um, I don't know if I'm completely sold on it. It looks like there's some cool action scenes, but I think I need more of the plot to just see if I, you know, where I'm going to sit with this one. But uh, there's some there's some cool game comparison stuff on the Internet right now. And I'm like, yeah, they did a good job of representing (laughs) I just was like, I like, eh, like I was excited, but I was like, I don't know if that trailer just got me. That trailer just didn't get me excited. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised we're on the same page, but that's uh, good to hear, I guess. Um, I feel like I watched a couple more trailers, but I can't remember them off the top of my head. I did watch a super new one, but I feel like we might talk about that later. Um, Uh, is is it the one that dropped yesterday for Disney plus? No, it. I'm oh. pretty sure it dropped yesterday or the day before, um, but it's actually for a Netflix show. Oh, uh, no, go ahead. I don't know if I, oh. I, we, I so, missed it. So they just dropped a new it's a, it's a big Internet, you. people. It's hard to keep <laughs> up with everything. <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> Absolutely. So they just dropped a new trailer for um, uh, Cowboy Bebop, the oh, new Netflix. Oh, yes. yes. Cowboy did Bebop. you did you get a chance to watch this? I did. And it's amazing. That trailer is phenomenal. And if that is any indication of what we're getting, I can't wait. Yeah, uh, I was surprised. It's like it's really good. Like the vibe in general seems to be spot on. The cinematography looks awesome. The production, I was kind of blown away away with like some of those uh outer space shots and stuff like some of those spaceships and stuff just looked so good. I was really surprised how good the special effects were. So Um, it's one of those. Oh, what we're going to say. Go ahead. ahead. I was just going to say, like, as a last piece is it's it's one of those things where I'm not necessarily always on board with, like, the live action anime adaptations. But how this is looking so far, it does look like it's something that I got to watch. So that's definitely good. Uh, What were you going to say? What I was going to say was uh, just a reminder for everyone, the Cowboy Bebop show, if you have any interest whatsoever, is a continuation of the anime and the anime currently, the original anime is on Netflix right now. So you can get caught up before the live action show drops if you want to get a back uh, catch up on the story. Absolutely. So that's all I was going to mention. But, yeah, no, I totally agree with what you were saying. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um but yeah, that's about it for me. Have you watched or read anything cool? Yeah. Okay. So a couple things. So first off, um, my watching <laughs> category has waned this week. I've been very busy, but there's some things I was able to keep um, focused on. Uh, first off, um, Dungeons and Dragons just released a new book. It's Fizbin's Treasury of Dragons. Um, it's a source book uh, for players and DMs. Um, I've talked from about um, how I'm a D&D guy and I've picked up the book. It's amazing. A lot of good dragon content in there. Some new uh, class upgrades, stuff like that. Um, it's definitely a huge resource, probably more for DMs than players. There's some definitely player stuff in there, but I feel like it's more predicated towards your dungeon masters. Um, but it's awesome. Um, I highly recommend taking a look at it. It's a lot to di- digest. Um, so I'm only cracked the surface of it, I feel. Um, I started reading Scott Snyder's Noctera, Scott Snyder and, uh, Tony S. Daniels Noctera, which isn't, oh, uh, nice. it's their, uh, book they're, It's one of the books they're doing for image comics. It's awesome. Um, 
it's just a really, really cool concept. The first volume is out. I heard about this comic. I kind of, I was like very interested in what it was and I love Scott Snyder's work. He did such an amazing job with Batman and then the dark Knights metal and then the DC death metal stuff. Um, but I just really like what he's, he's done. And I'm like, let's go see something original, something that's not like, cause yeah, he played with Batman and did a great job, but those aren't his characters. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So let's go yeah. see something he did originally. Um, Noctera, like I said, it's the first six, the volume one is the first six issues. Um, I'm about halfway through it. It's awesome so far. Um, that's great. And, uh, I was going to say Tony S. Daniels, a really good artist too. So, uh, that just sounds awesome. Uh, What were you asking though? Do you know what this is about? Do you know what the shit, do you know what the story is about? No, not at all. I've read like a handful of, uh, Scott Snyder's Batman stuff. And I've, I think he's a really great writer, but I am not familiar with this comic actually. So this is, this is something I think you specifically would absolutely love from all the stuff I know into. Um, Mm -hmm. so this is about a darkness that covers the earth. Um, they refer to it in the comic as the big PM. Um, okay. but, it's dark, but it's a darkness that like blots out the stars even. So um, like everything just goes black one day mm-hmm. and it kind of turns the world into like this walking dead esque post-apocalyptic nightmare. Okay. When everything went black, People who were in the dark for too long started to mutate and turn into monsters. Um, Not just people, but all living things on the planet started to mutate and become monstrous beings. Um, What I really liked was uh, in the first couple issues, they talk about how originally you were able to tell what the mutations were. Like you could tell what kind of bird it was or you could tell Uh – that it was a cow or a horse or whatever. But they said as the creatures started mating with other creatures, the uh, um, you can't tell it. You're starting to not be able to tell what they are, <laughs> which wow. is incredible. Um, the book focuses on around a girl by the name of Val Riggs, who she has broken away from. She's a she's a foster kid who, who has gotten separated from her uh, foster family. And she is now like 18 years old. So it's like you see. So she was a kid when the big PM happened and then they jump ahead to 18 when she's like 18, 20 years old. And she drives this 18 wheeler big rig semi that she was able to commandeer. And she acts as a ferryman moving goods and people to and from the cities that are able to keep the lights on to keep um, people safe. Um, so it's this like like almost like this uh, Mad Maxian uh story that exists within this uh post-apocalyptic monstrous nightmarish world <laughs> if you will that sounds awesome <laughs> um it's 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 so much fun and it's ridiculous in all the best ways mm-hmm. so um it's like so far what i've read is just gripping and awesome and really cool and there's lots of guns and monsters <laughs> that's great yeah, it's totally up your alley. I think you'd really like it. And it's also so it's it's by image and they don't and because of who's writing it, they do not shy away. So language is not censored, violence is not censored. It's it's great. It's definitely an adult book, but <laughs> that's awesome. I was going to say the book has a really good title, but knowing a little bit more about it, the title makes more sense. But uh yeah, this sounds really cool yeah. and I'll definitely yeah. have to put it on my list. It's really cool. Um I and then in terms of my watching, um, I'm a huge fan of the show Critical Role. Um, yeah. 
Um, I mean, yes, they're podcasters in their own right, but they have their YouTube show that's on Twitch and YouTube and uh, on their own website. But they basically it's professional voice actors who are playing Dungeons and Dragons and they're streaming their games. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of it. They just started campaign three. So. What I found out is that why have I never been able to watch their live recordings? Because we are recording this show while they're recording their show. (laughs) Um, So I have watched all their episodes slightly delayed. But um, if you've ever had any interest because they've done this is their third campaign and the previous two campaigns of 100 plus episodes. So it's a lot of content. Um, Sounds like a campaign. <laughs> yeah. If you were ever interested in checking this show out or interested in the idea of it and just wanted to check it out, jumping in a campaign three, literally, it's such a good point. There's only one episode. They're recording their second episode tonight. This is definitely and I'm not like they're not paying me to say this. I'm just a fan of theirs. Um, yeah. So just keep up the great work. Um, I can't wait for <laughs> episode two. Um, but the. uh but definitely, uh, if, if you are a fan of Dungeons and Dragons, you should definitely check them out if you haven't already. Um, and this is a good starting point for new viewers. So, yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, I've listened to a little bit of Critical Role, like their first campaign, I believe. And it was kind of back when I first uh, bought the house that I live in now. And we were planning sure. some rooms and stuff and I needed something to listen to. But I kind of fell off. So uh, knowing that this is a good jumping on point, I definitely might. Um, and just to add to what you're saying, like if you're a fan of Dungeon and Dungeons and Dragons, but also if you're a fan of voice acting at all, because I don't know if it's all of the cast, but I believe most of the cast is uh, professional voice actors. Correct. They are. Yes. And and so that's like a whole other cool acting like craft level to the to the, the aspect of the show. But then also, if you just like fantasy stories and you just kind of want to listen to an, a, an entertaining, funny fantasy story, like I think this is a great show to go to as well. So um, I'm a big fan of the podcast, like the audio version, being able to like take it on a bike ride or in the car or something. But I absolutely love watch. I started getting really into watching the show because um, very specific, like very specifically, it's there's some visual stuff. And that's not gags, but it's like facial expressions and stuff like that that make some of the things that they're laughing at funnier, you know, so because I found I found myself legit laughing out loud when I was watching uh, the first episode of their campaign. (laughs) So nice. Awesome. Awesome. show. Okay. I've watched two trailers and then uh, we'll get into news. Um, Cool. Trailer number one. There is a movie coming out called Black Friday. Um, Interesting. This is ridiculous. And I feel like it's either a crazy comedy or a crazy horror movie, but (laughs) prove me wrong. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) This is um, Bruce Campbell. Um, nice. plays a store manager for a toy store that is opening up at midnight on Black Friday for holiday shoppers. And a zombie happens to walk in the store. <laughs> oh, man. That's awesome. <laughs> like I said, I do not need to say anything more about this trailer. Um, I will say that Michael Jai White's in it, which made me laugh. Oh, um, great. Uh, is it Sean Ashmore? Um, yeah, he's in the movie, which made me laugh. Like, this... It's not like the biggest it's not like the biggest cast, but there's cast people in there that are like, of course, that guy's in there. And then you throw in zombies. So um, the movie, like I said, the movie is ridiculous, um, but it's like perfect at the same time. So. So 
This movie sounds awesome. Is this going to be in theaters or is that on a streaming service? I or? think it's Netflix, but at the time the trailer like showed me where it was going to be, I got distracted by something in the house, and then I was like, oh, crap, I missed it, and then <laughs> I didn't get a chance to go back and look. So don't quote me on where it is. Right but, on. Just hearing about it, it just sounds... I guess I could look it up. <laughs> <laughs> just hearing about it just sounds hilarious and awesome, and I can't wait for this. And we've talked in the past, there's not a lot of sort of Thanksgiving movies, and this is, you know, kind of going to be a Thanksgiving movie, so that's really cool. The other thing I th- find amusing is I had no idea zombies were going to be involved, but I remember working a retail job and working on Black Friday, and... uh I remember, you know, one year me and a couple of the guys I worked with stood back and watched as the masses of people walked in the store to get their Black Friday deals. And we were just sitting there talking about how these people walking into the store just literally looked like a horde of zombies. And uh, it's just kind of funny to see that come full circle there. But uh, yeah, did you find out which uh, streaming service it's on? I'm looking. It makes it sound like. Oh, it's all good. I'm I'm looking. I'm trying to figure it out how it's. It looks like it's going to be it's either they make it sound like it's going to be straight to Blu-ray. <laughs> oh, OK. Nice. So it's probably streaming somewhere right away. Um, I'm just trying to see if I can. Maybe it's, oh, on, it's all good. Maybe it's <laughs> on poster. Well, that's not helpful. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'll have to go watch the trailer again. <laughs> uh, maybe it's. Yeah, that's not helpful. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I'll have to try and find it and report back. Anyway, okay. yeah, um, no the worries. other trailer I watched is for a Disney Plus show um, for a movie for a movie for a television show that we talked about a long time ago that is finally showing light. We're finally seeing some footage of it. And it's for a show called Lightyear. Um, oh, OK. I haven't seen this. I've seen screenshots, but go ahead. You got to remember in Toy Story, but the Toy Buzz Lightyear was based off of a show that Andy was all into. And um, so Buzz Lightyear is the toy based off of the fictional property, Buzz Lightyear. This Mm -hmm. television show is said property. Um, And it's awesome. Like, I was Mm -hmm. really impressed by the trailer. Yeah, there's going to be some Disney goofiness, but wow, this looks really cool in terms of, like, space flight, him getting the suit, him exploring the galaxy. Um, It just looks awesome. Um, Mm -hmm. And I remember, and I showed it to my kid, and he's, like, watching the trailer going, that guy looks like a knockoff of Buzz Lightyear. (laughs) (laughs) And then you saw the suit, and he's like, wait, what? Is this Buzz Lightyear? (laughs) (laughs) That's Um, awesome. It was really funny, but it looks it just looks great. And it's CG. It's not it's like CG animation, like Clone Wars, uh, like quality, not not that blocky look, but more of a Pixar like streamlined kind of a look. Yeah. Uh, but it's like really high quality, like computer animated as opposed to like hand drawn or something like that. It looks awesome. Um, definitely watch the trailer. I think it I want to say it's November 12th. And the only reason I say that is because the trailer is releasing now and November 12th is Disney Plus Day and they're going to be releasing a ton of stuff on Disney Plus on that day. So, yeah, absolutely. I have. Um, so, like I said, I've seen screenshots for the show and it was one of those things where online, honestly, I saw nothing but people criticizing this and making fun of it because I guess they thought. Buzz Lightyear looked weird or something. And it was actually shortly before we started recording. I was like, all right, 
I got to at least look up some screenshots, see what this is all about. And the screenshots I saw, I actually thought looked fantastic. Like I thought they looked really good. Like it just looks like a younger version of Buzz Lightyear, but kind of a little bit more realistic than we're used to seeing in Toy Story. But you have to remember Toy, in Story. Toy Story, you're looking at the toy. You are. You are <laughs> this is like the toy. <laughs> yeah. And this is like the story about the real character. Um, you're like, looking- yeah. It's that that spacesuit in Toy Story is a bulky spacesuit. <laughs> it's a toy. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's it's one of those things where um, it, it's um, I just totally lost my train of thought. So sorry. Oh, about that. Okay. But uh, no. Well, what I was going to say is uh, it's one of those things where I actually really liked the uh, I think it was called Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, the 2D animated show uh, they came out with back in the day. I yeah, actually really enjoyed watching that show. And thinking how that was more about Buzz Lightyear, the character, um, and kind of thinking about what they could do now with CG animation. I think the show has a lot of potential and this is actually really exciting. So, yeah, same here. Um, I'm just I'm really I'm totally into like checking this show out. So I'm excited for it. Absolutely. Um, And luckily, that was one of our news stories. So we can knock that off the list. Oh, nice. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So that being said, you want to hop into the news? (laughs) Yeah, sure thing. Okay, first off, um, on a bit of sad news, we'll get this out of the way real quick. Um, James Michael Tyler, who played Gunther, passed away. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. um, it was pancreatic cancer. That was really sad. I was kind of, like, shocked to see that. It makes me realize that he was probably – that's probably one of the reasons why he couldn't go to the Friends reunion when they had it and he had to virtually uh, uh, join in. Uh, But that's sad to see him go. so, yeah, I being a big Friends fan, I was like, holy crap, you know, um, I think he was only like 56, uh, which is that just makes it worse. But yeah, absolutely. I um, I mean, I've obviously enjoyed his work um, on Friends throughout the years, and he's always been one of those. He's one of those characters who might get a, like one line per episode, if that. But he is every like appearance he had on that show was always hilarious. Like when you think about it, he never had like a dud, like he always had just really funny lines um, as he kind of played this straight man in the background. That was just, I don't know. His performance on that show is really great. And I think I only know him from friends, but uh, this is a guy who in my household and I know a lot of other people's like his memory is going to live on because people love to stream friends, uh, you know, just 24 seven as I, as do I. So he'll definitely miss be missed. And, uh, yeah, I don't know what else to say. You know, I'm just glad he got to enjoy his work. I know. Same here. All right. Let's not be sad anymore. Let's talk about, (laughs) um, all right. And I never know how to like come off of like death stories, but it's just, yeah, about some cool stuff. So it's, it was really sad to see him go, but, Let's talk about um, how about this? Uh, here's some exciting news. Uh, Ryan Gosling has been tapped to play Ken in the Barbie movie. <laughs> I saw this as well. And I, <laughs> and I thought to myself, <laughs> of course, why not? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Ryan Gosling will be playing Ken in the Barbie movie, which I thought was interesting. Barbie will be played by Margot Robbie. And that makes legit perfect sense to be completely honest um so. i think so too but this was one of those stories where i saw an article that said something to the effect of uh ryan gasling will play ken opposite of margot robbie's barbie in the upcoming barbie film and i was like 
what? <laughs> I didn't even know. I didn't even know Margot Robbie was in this film or this film existed. But uh, yeah, really interesting. I don't know if I'll be watching this one, but yeah, definitely interesting sure. story overall. Sure. Well, um, another casting news, uh, Brendan Fraser will be joining uh, the Batman's infamous rogues gallery. He'll be playing the role of Firefly in the upcoming Batgirl film. Yeah, so I did see I did see he was going to be in that film. I didn't know he was playing Firefly, but that's pretty cool. So this is weird to me for two reasons. One, I was really excited to find out they were doing a bad girl movie. Two, mm-hmm. I was not entirely impressed with the bad girl segment from uh, DC fandom. Um, what they they, oh, didn't, wow. they didn't have a lot to show. But what they did, like, because it was a lot of concept stuff. They did talk about the fact that she will wear a cowl as opposed to, like, the like the domino mask with the ears or whatever, because I prefer <laughs> the cowl look. The imagery, the concept art that they showed gave me very high hopes. But listening to the directors and the producers talk, I really didn't I, I really don't know what to say, because the movie's being written by the same person who wrote Birds of Prey. And the more I think about it, the more Birds of Prey really irritates the crap out of me. Mm-hmm. So I'm really like, no, I understand. I have I have expectations because I really, really like Batgirl as a character. And I'm really sitting here going, please don't mess this up. Mm-hmm. So the reason Brendan Fraser's casting bugs me is because Brendan Fraser is in Doom Patrol, another DC yeah. project. So I understand that a lot of times the DC television stuff can be separate from the movies, but we are now dealing with a multiverse that was very clearly stated that it is all connected. <laughs> so I really don't know what to say about it. And it's probably now because we don't really get to see in Doom Patrol Brendan Fraser's face because he's the robot guy. Um, I don't we don't know what we're going to see with this one. So I'm just kind of I'm on the fence about this. I don't I'm not against it. I don't have a problem with Brendan Fraser. I'm just on the fence. So, yeah, um, in in Doom Patrol, you do see uh, kind of an origin for Brendan Fraser. So he does show his face. But then once he becomes Robot Man, you know, he's Robot Man. I kind of when I saw this story, though, my reaction was kind of I don't I didn't necessarily know a lot about the Batgirl mo- movie. Definitely not enough to be disappointed yet. So I was just like, oh, cool. Brendan Fraser is going to be in this movie. And there's something about me that it's really silly, but I always get excited when I see actors from one superhero project show up in another one. And I was just kind of going like, oh, cool. Brendan Fraser's doing another DC thing. But any sort of um, hesitation or, uh, you know, anything like that on your part, like I definitely understand where you're coming from, you know? Yeah. And let's let's put it this way. I am not disappointed. I'm just on the fence about some of the things I've been hearing. And just because I care about the character and that kind of thing. And, and I guess the int- keeping the, the integrity of the character correct. They uh, they did say she will have the red hair, which is great. I'm happy about that. I have no problem with the girl they casted. I just I want them to treat it right. That's all. Absolutely. So, um, all right. So in talks of treating it right, let's talk about this. We have an Ahsoka television series coming to Disney Plus. OK. Hayden Christensen, who played Anakin Skywalker, Ahsoka's Jedi Master, Mm -hmm. and Darth Vader, will be back and reprising his role as Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader for the Ahsoka television series. Cool. Um, That's 
amazing. I can't wait. No, absolutely. He's going to be in the Kenobi show. He's going to be in the Ahsoka <laughs> show. I think Hayden Christensen's like, everyone wants me back. Sweet. I'm back. You know, like, <laughs> Absolutely. Is is the Ahsoka show live action? I can't remember. Yes, it is. Yeah. OK, awesome. Yes, so. so this will be really cool to see where they go with this. Yes, I'm really excited for this. So, um, all right. Uh, other casting news. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania adds Bill Murray to the cast in a secret role. OK, great. Um, it has been, <laughs> it has been confirmed he will be in the movie, but it's a secret role. I don't even know where to venture a guess. <laughs> yeah, I'm on the same page with you. I didn't know about this till just now, but I'm kind of like, that sounds awesome. Um, I'm just going to wait and see what happens with this. Yeah, I don't even I, it's it's I, I feel like it, I'm venturing a guess. I, I really I don't even know what to say about it. I'm just like, all right, he's in the movie. Cool. OK, I kind of wish they pulled a zombie land on us, though, and not even mention that Bill Murray's in the movie until you're actually watching it and he shows up and it's just the greatest thing ever, you know? Agreed. <laughs> kind of cool if he just played himself. That's true. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, my God, you're Bill Murray. Like, <laughs> like in like in Zombieland. <laughs> like in Zombieland. Um, yeah, the big secret is he's playing himself. Um, yeah. All right. So I am this story. I'm going to preface with the potential that it could be a spoiler. <laughs> So I don't even know if I should talk about it, but we do know some things already. So this is regarding Spider-Man No Way Home. OK, um, this is not a story spoiler at all. OK, but when I saw the story, I thought to myself, I feel like this is a potential spoiler. Mm -hmm. We know that um, uh, Alfred Molina is returning to play Green. I'm um, sorry, Dr. Octopus in uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah. Um, in the trailer, I could have swore and in one of the explosions or one of the cutaway scenes or something, we saw some sand moving. And I originally, when I saw the trailer, thought to myself, I wonder if that's Sandman and would they really go that far? Well, mm -hmm. it is confirmed that Thomas Hayden Church is reprising his role as Sandman and uh, Reese Ivins is returning from Amazing Spider-Man to play uh, the lizard in Spider-Man. Oh, awesome. So both those villains are going to be in the movie. They've talked mm. about how they're going to build the Sinister Six. Um, but and if we have the pumpkin bombs like we saw, it looks like we're looking at a potential, you know, Green Goblin as well. So there's more to that trailer than what we were told. Um, mm -hmm. And I feel like that's a little bit of a spoiler. I don't know. Um, I don't really I do know keep forgetting. I do keep forgetting about the bombs they showed in that trailer, though. Um, yeah. But you're right. Like, I keep yeah. forgetting about that. But, yeah, there we they, might see some kind of goblin in this movie. Yeah, they teased some stuff in that trailer that I kind of raised an eyebrow at. And I was like excited. But hearing that, I was like, well, you know, <laughs> um, yeah. and pulling the actors from the other movies and, you know, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield have been like, no, no, we don't know anything. We don't, we're not in the movie. We're not in the movie. I wonder if they're really in the movie. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, you're right. It's just about the multiverses. So we'll see. Um, this one, it's, speaking of Spider-Man No Way Home, this is tough to discuss because this could be Tom Holland's last Spider-Man movie. Um, I have a feeling it is not because of the way Venom, uh, Let There Be Carnage, ended with that uh, bonus scene showing the Venoms in the uh, – uh, 
MCU now and the fact that um, he his reaction to Tom Holland on screen. Uh, but Spider-Man No Way Home, you got to remember that Tom Holland's contract ended and there was a special negotiation for them to make this third Spider-Man solo film for the MCU. Yeah. However, this is the this Spider-Man film, this No Way Home is a it's a contract for one movie. Mm-hmm. Tom Holland's contract for, as Spider-Man doesn't exist beyond this movie. Mm-hmm. So we don't know what's going to happen. He has said that he wants to play Spider-Man till the end of time. And there are reports of him going over to um, executives houses trying to pitch ideas to keep the Spider-Man stuff. <laughs> so he could keep going. Um, of course, I'm bringing this up now because I don't want Spider-Man No Way Home to come out. And everyone get all excited, like, can't wait for the next one. And there is no next one. You know what I mean? We don't know what's happening um, with this. Um, mm-hmm. So I, that's the reason I bring it up that way. OK, um, yeah, that makes sense. In other Marvel news, Marvel is re- rumored to be developing a Thunderbolts movie. Um, do you know who the Thunderbolts are? Do I need to give a brief history lesson? Pretty, pretty vaguely. I don't know a lot about the team. Okay. The Thunderbolts is basically the evil Avengers, if you will, um, made up of uh, like Norman Osborn put together the evil Avengers like Red Hulk and uh, like finding characters to what characters would be what characters. So which villain would replace what characters to be an event and like a evil Avengers team, if you will. Um, the reason this has, in my opinion, has some weight to it is because uh, Contessa Valente, whatever her name is, <laughs> <laughs> um, from Falcon and the Winter Soldier, recruited U.S. agent as like the evil Captain America. And right. then she also recruited Yelena, who is the remaining Black Widow. Mm-hmm. And Yelena is basically she's an assassin. So we don't know where her allegiance lie yet. You see, mm-hmm. you see what I'm saying? So Absolutely. The, the issue was, is she creating Dark Avengers? Is she creating Thunderbolts? Is that what they're going with? <laughs> and then this hits the news this week saying that they are um, rumored to be looking into uh, the breadcrumbs leading to a Thunderbolts Bolts movie in Phase 4. Um, that sounds awesome. Uh, the yeah, absolutely. News of this also um, rumors uh, news for a Nova film. Um and I can only imagine the Guardians of the Galaxy 3 would set up Nova if it was coming. Yeah, absolutely. It, kind of mentioning Nova, it seems like I can't believe it's been so long, though, to be yeah. honest. And, you know, because we were talking about maybe a, a Nova movie coming out after seeing the first Guardians movie. But either way, I mean, you can't, com- you know, <laughs> you, can, yeah. you can't uh, complain about getting a Nova movie. <laughs> it definitely yeah. would be awesome. So, yeah. <clears throat> Um, all right, let's talk about Dune real quick. Uh, Dune released in theaters and on HBO Max. Um, my weekend was busy enough that I was not going to be able to go see it in the theater. Okay, so mm-hmm. sorry to uh, Denis Villeneuve because I really would like to see that in the theater because of its physical scope. However, I do oh, have true. I do have HBO Max and I have a very large TV, so I was like, I'll just watch it at home. <laughs> um, the reason this didn't hit my watching category is because I haven't finished it. Um, I have I was about halfway through and I had to go do something that was not on the schedule of things to do. So kind of like I got thrown a curveball and I haven't had a chance to sit down and finish it. 
Um, so I don't have a complete review. That's the reason it wasn't in my watching stuff. Um, what I have seen of Dune was awesome. Oh, oh, great. I've, I've so. actually I haven't watched it yet. I've heard really mixed reviews, but uh, that's good to hear. Um, I really like what I saw, but I don't have a full review yet. The reason I bring this up is because Doom 2, Doom, Dune 2 <laughs> has been confirmed. Um, and for all uh, reports of the people who have made it to the end, uh, the, the movie Dune is only the first like quarter of the of the original book. Um, so th- they would have to make a second one because I guess the ending spoiler alert because I know I was told about this. I guess the ending of Dune leads to um, is a very Lord of the Rings. Well, we got to start walking kind of an ending. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, yeah. I think that I don't know if they did that with the intention of going, hey, give us the money for Dune, too, so you can hear how the rest of the story ends. I really don't know. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. All right. Nice. Um, <laughs> Zack Snyder gave us Army of the Dead uh, this past summer. Um, soon we will get to see the prequel to Army of the Dead, Army of <coughs> Thieves, which actually sounds kind of cool. Um, yeah. Because you're going to get to see them pre-zombies pulling a heist. Mm-hmm. So and that movie got ridiculous and crazy and wild action stuff. So it could be a cool movie. Um, however, there is a sequel film coming to the Army of the Dead. And I don't know if we necessarily need it. But on the surface, the title has me very interested. OK, uh, the title is going to be and there's no information other than the title. Um <laughs> So the title is going to be called Planet of the Dead. All right. Awesome. <laughs> yep. I know. It's just, you're just like, awesome. Perfect. Like, I'm down, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. A couple more stories and then a couple quick ones. Um, Warner Brothers reportedly hopes to make 12 HBO Max movies a year. Um, this was an interesting article to read because there were some mixed reviews about Warner Brothers releasing their entire 2021 slate on HBO Max uh, and theaters on the same day. However, and as much as Ann Sarnoff drives me nuts because of her anti Snyderverse uh, stance she takes, um, she has a great point here. Um, she says, and I quote, and to no great surprise, the ones we're putting in theaters are the ones we think will work. It's not just about budget size. It's also about genre and behavioral patterns of people. I would love to put dramas and comedies on the biggest screen possible. It's just not right now. They aren't opening. It's just not right now. They aren't opening. Honestly, they weren't opening pre-COVID either. What she's saying is, is the big budget blockbuster tentpole films like your Avengers Endgames and your Batman Supermans and your uh, Star Wars and your like stuff like that. Those are making the big money at the box office. But your chick flicks and your B horror films and stuff are not making the money. So they want to take movies like that and just dump them onto HBO Max and their streaming services and try and make money that way. And you think to yourself, how do they make money? Well, <laughs> let's let's think about it. This way. Um, if you just heard a little ding on your uh, thing, and I don't know if Skype would pick that up or not, but uh, my computer is telling me I don't have a virus. <laughs> Thanks, computer. That's good. Um, I don't know if you heard that, Peter, or not, but no, I didn't. I didn't hear it. <laughs> but it was like one of those little like I got a notification. I'm like, ooh, I do not have a virus. Thanks, computer. <laughs> um, 
the what's interesting about this is that um, what was I saying? Yeah. So the how, how do they how make money? How are streaming services making money? You got to think. You got to like. And I was thinking about when I was when I reading that quote. I was like, okay, so they're not making box office dollars, but what they are making is let's let's use Disney Plus for an example. I think Disney Plus is nine ninety nine right now because I know they had to up the prices a little bit since it launched. So let's say Disney Plus is ten dollars. Okay, Disney Plus has twenty million current subscribers. That is ten dollars a month for every one subscriber. So every month they're making two hundred million dollars. Is that right? Am I doing that math right? I'm bad at math, but uh, sounds good to me. <laughs> it's two hundred dollars a month just off of the monthly fee for Disney Plus. Right. And then, and then equate that to a year. So <laughs> you see what I'm saying? That's yeah. how the streaming services are getting their money that they're getting. So. Yeah, they have the big, but you know that's where they're getting the money. So you're like, that's insane when you try and uh, calculate that math out. Um, and you have to look at like with Disney Plus, for example, they have all the classic Disney films on there. But how much are you watching those? I know for me, it's honestly not that often that I'm going back and rewatching Aladdin or whatever. Right. But you know, these streaming services have to pump out new content, so it's kind of the nature of the beast, like. They want to keep the subscribers. They got to keep giving us shows and movies, you know? Yeah. And I know that like there's stuff coming to Disney Plus that I'm really excited about. Like on November 12th, we're getting Shang-Chi and we're getting uh, Jungle <laughs> Cruise on Disney Plus. I can't wait to watch Jungle Cruise. You know what? I can't wait to watch Muppets Haunted Mansion. It's sitting there waiting for me. I haven't had a chance to be. So, yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Moving on. Let's got three more quick stories. Um, first off, Elon Musk is the richest person in recorded history ever all right then <laughs> his fortune has his fortune has been valued at one trillion dollars um that's nuts yeah uh, yeah absolutely <laughs> that's absolutely nuts i only brought that up because record in recorded history that's why it was crazy um uh drew's science story uh for a change scientists find first signs of a planet beyond our galaxy uh, Reachers just found evidence of a planet in the Maser 51 galaxy located some 28 million light years away from the Milky Way, potentially making it the first ever planet we've detected that's outside of our galaxy. OK, Crazy. let's talk about this for one second. Um, what, I, what made me laugh is when this hit the actual local news, one of the news anchors literally said it's so astonishing how vast space is. <laughs> if I, I, I don't think I've ever heard like I. Like, I felt sorry for him that that was such a dumb comment to make. Um, <laughs> but like some people just don't that understand when you when you use the word galactic, that I don't think they fully understand how big that word is when you refer to it. on Yeah. Scale. When you refer to it as a scaled size, um, this blew my mind a little bit because outside of our galaxy, we are in a solar system within the Milky Way. And then. The galaxy. So when you look up at the sky and you see our, our sun, for example, is one star. So you got to think about when you look at a star, how small that is. That's a star for a whole nother group of planets because that's another solar system. <laughs> yeah. But you got to think about how small that is. That's how far away that thing is. Um, 
So you take all those stars, you have all those solar systems within the galaxy, and then you look beyond our galaxy and we find this one planet and we're like, wow, check that out. For you to right. say that you don't believe in aliens, I call bullshit. Um, <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> there's way, I'm sorry, there's way too much out there to jump on that bandwagon. To not no, jump. I, absolutely. All right, and final news story of the night, because there's an, I couldn't not talk about this. Um, Arthur Douglas Wolk, he is an individual. Um, he is... Uh, he read... Every single Marvel Universe comic from the birth of the Fantastic Four in 1961 to today. Over 540,000 pages, 27,000 comics in total. I did see an article about this, but I just read the headline. Um, it's pretty cool that he did this. I just, yeah, I, I, I don't know even what to say about it, but it is cool that... Uh, somebody's actually gone back and read every single comic. I know. And I was going to, and I want to read and I want to be able to say that I read every issue of detective comics because I'm a Batman fan and say achievement unlocked. And like, he's got me in the bag on this one. <laughs> Absolutely. You know what I mean? He's like, Oh, I'll I'll show you your detective comics. Check this out. Um, anyway, I just thought that was cool. So good on him. Um, that's it for the news, man. You want to talk? Um, you want to talk about the list tonight? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. All right, dude. Well, uh, let's talk about the list. Ryan, you know what that means? Do me a favor and roll the thing. And now for the top five. We are back. Peter, this was my pick. So um, I... What I said last week when we were uh, talking about what we were going to what I was going to do for the list is because it was my pick. This is one that's been sitting in my back pocket for a very long time. When we started this show, um, it's secret origin of the history of this show is I was having fun with a buddy of mine making top five lists once a week. And then I said, dude, this is a podcast. We need to do this. Um and I know he listens to our show, so hopefully he hears me talking about this because I really want him to come on. I think it'd be a really cool thing to have him on as a guest one time because he said he couldn't. The reason he's not doing the show and I asked you to do it with me was because him and I were doing it. And I'm like, well, dude, you're like the inception of this. I don't want to do this without you. And then he's like, you have fun. Do it yourself. That kind of thing. Um, I just he couldn't commit to the weekly thing like you right. Were. So I immediately started looking for co-hosts and you were like one of the first people I asked. But. Mm -hmm. Um, when him and I were doing this, there were some top fives that like, I was like, okay, well I'm doing this for real as a podcast. And I started making a list of lists, like what would be yeah. good to do. And this is one I wrote down a long time ago and I had to go through our list to see if we actually have done this and we have not. So just bringing it back around. So tonight we're going to be talking about Westerns. Um, yes. The reason this, the reason this was one is one, I like Westerns and I feel like the internet like when I talk to people about their favorite Westerns, it's always I feel like it's always the same ones like Unforgiven and True Grit. And like there's some specific ones that always come up and neither one of those are on my list. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they really aren't. Um, and I don't want to say I grew up with Westerns, but what I did grow up with was my dad was a big fan of the Lone Ranger, the original Lone Ranger and um, the black and white, you know, old school and. I grew up with it because he'd show me the reruns and, you know, I, it was like, Hey, Lone Ranger's on. And that was my first masked hero. That was my first vigilante, the masked hero, my first Batman, if you will. 
Um, and I had a whole thing for it and that was like one of my favorite things. Um, I've grown a huge fondness for that, but because of that, the genre of Westerns is something I've always liked. Westerns in a way in the film industry has kind of gone to the wayside. Um, there were so many of them because they were cheap to make. They were very, uh, low budget to make. Um, so they don't pop up very often anymore. Yeah. Um, and there's a rumor that there's there's all this speculation that comic book movies will eventually go the wayside of way of the western and disappear on us. Oh, I don't see that happening because the amount of money it costs to make one, uh, <laughs> and maybe that's why they'll go away because of the amount of money it costs to make them. But um, let's talk about some westerns tonight and our favorite like cowboy stuff. Um, yeah, you just had like a, you just like summed up everything right there, which is really interesting. And I feel like the whole concept of superhero movies going the way of the westerns like i feel like we could even do a full podcast just discussing the potential of that you know <laughs> so i don't want to comment on that but that like in my head is opening all these cans of worms uh <clears throat> before we do jump in our list i did want to say i think westerns is a very weird category <laughs> and the reason i say that is because i was looking at different lists of westerns and some of the some of the movies on the on those lists just didn't seem to fit with for some reason I'd see certain movies and I was just like I don't know if this works as a western but then at the same time there's some movies that are really off the wall like maybe have elements of science fiction or just different crazy stuff that doesn't seem like a western but it actually does and it's kind of like a weird thing where it's almost more about the feel of the movie you know, than anything else. Um, Drew, I do agree where I did grow up with uh, not as much as you did, but I did grow up with the Lone Ranger. And, um, you know, we used to play uh, cowboys all the time and stuff. But as I grew over, grew older, I kind of really drifted away from like the Western and like cowboy sort of genre. And I think it was just because I got more attracted to either like science fiction or more like fantasy based stuff. Like I really like melee combat in movies and shows, uh, probably more so than like Western shootouts and stuff like that. Sure. But that's just a personal preference. But with that being said, I think that makes for me having a very weird list. So I think this is going to be really interesting to talk about and see what we both picked. So good. Yeah. I, like, I like weird lists. Um, yeah. All right. Well, this was my pick. I have yes. two honorable mentions. I do um, as well. So where uh, you got to go first. So. So, yes. Um, so speaking of weird, um, I just had to do it with this first pick, but I went with and this is not. Well, I think my list is pretty off the wall bon bonkers. But my first pick, I went with an American tale. Five goes west, which is a. Uh, this is one of those movies that this was one of my favorite movies growing up as a kid. And uh, this movie's really stuck with me. But the reason it's stuck with me is because this is a Don Bluth film who's also done like All Dogs Go to Heaven and The Secret of Nim and a lot of just really great animated features. And it's his character design and animation style and stuff. I just absolutely love. I think it's a really gorgeous, like just really fun, cartoony style. And I think seeing that style incorporated into, 
you know, little creatures in a sort of Western storyline where you have the big sort of like bulbous, goofy looking revolvers that different characters have and the cool looking like snake character they fight at the end and stuff. I just think this movie um, has stuck with me a lot because of the animation and the design work. So, yeah, I had to do it. I went with Five Will Goes West. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And I remember and I honestly, when I said this list, I don't know if I would have even guessed that you would have gone animated. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, no, I, I, I definitely know what you mean. Yeah, no, I just not one that I expected. Um, I do remember I do. I did enjoy Five Goes West way more than I enjoyed the original. Um, and maybe because no, yeah, absolutely. The, original, the original was such a serious movie. Yeah. S- serious movie. Um, but yeah, uh, Five Goes West is a little bit more of a exciting, fun adventure. Yeah, uh, I absolutely agree with that. My first one is my first honorable mention is a movie called Legends of the Fall. This is Brad Pitt, Anthony Hopkins, uh, Julia Ormond. I think that's who it was. Um, It's basically like a love story between Brad Pitt and this girl and his family owns a horse ranch and he goes traveling around the world and all that stuff. I have a vague memory of what the movie was actually about, but I remember really enjoying it. Um, And it's it's a very, very serious movie. Um, not, it's not the adventure parts kind of fun, but ultimately the movie itself is, um, more serious than anything. And I, and I kind of equate it to not being a Western so much as it is like, it's like a modern Western, if you will. I mean, it's not, it's not like the standard cowboy, like Western, cause like, you know, the shoot 'em up cowboy and Indian kind of a Western it is. Um, but I just remember enjoying the movie. So I wanted to, it, it kind of. This was an honorable mention just to say people should check it out because I think it's a decent film. I just it's not one that I would write home and go, "Ooh, everyone has to see it, you know, so right on. Yeah, this is a movie that I'm familiar with. I think it came out when I was probably like six years old and I just haven't (laughs) gone back to watch it. But yeah, yeah, I'm definitely familiar with the film, at least a little bit. Yeah. All right. So uh, what's your next? Yes. So my next honorable mention, I actually really enjoyed this movie, but. It's definitely not a full on Western or a traditional Western film, but I went with the movie The Warrior's Way. Are you familiar with this movie at all? No. Okay, so this is actually a martial arts film that came out, I want to say 2011. Breaking the rules. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's on it's an honorable mention, but uh, it it came out around. early 2010s. I'm not exactly sure what year, but essentially what the story is about. And uh, I haven't watched it in a while, so I'm not going to get all the details. But you have a sort of like a Ronin samurai sort of character in Japan who is um, he's kind of he has to flee Japan because he's being chased by this group of assassins or whatever. And he ends up retreating to the American Wild West and uh, taking refuge in this Western town. And uh, the movie, literally the first scene when you have like the character in Japan and it kind of gives his backstory, it's literally one of the closest things to live action anime I've ever seen. And it's hard to explain, but if you watch this movie and watch the first scene and sort of just the cinematography and the stylistic choices they make, it's like live action anime and it's really cool to watch. But then once he ends up going to America, it turns into your typical Western movie and he's dealing with the sheriff in this town and different outlaws. And 
it's just like kind of this weird fish out of water story where you have this sort of samurai character from Japan who ends up in an American West town. And uh, spoiler alert, by the end of the movie, the assassins that have been hunting him down actually find him in America. And there is a massive, massive sort of uh, shootout shootout slash kung fu just badass fight scene at the end of this movie and it's one of those things where i think it's like almost the entire third act is just this badass fight scene (laughs) and this movie is like it's kind of goofy but it, it definitely is a really fun watch um you can see how it's kind of a cheat because it's kind of half martial arts film half uh western but the biggest reason it had to be an honorable mention is for me the uh sort of martial arts portions of the film definitely were my favorite over the Western parts. So yeah, I hope that makes sense, but uh, yeah, it's definitely a fun movie. You should check it out. All right, cool. Um, well, my next time will mention is a little bit more in the realm of Cowboys and it's a movie called the quick and the dead. <laughs> okay, nice. Did you ever see quick and the dead? So I've, I don't know if I've seen it the whole way through. I've definitely seen a lot of parts of it. I've been wanting to actually go back and rewatch this because I believe this is a Sam Raimi directed film, actually, right? Ooh, I don't actually know. I might have to look that up. Um, I have a strong feeling it's Sam Raimi, actually, and I always wanted is, to go back and rewatch it. If it is, that would definitely make some sense in terms of uh, some of the things that go on in the movie. Uh, Sharon yeah. Stone, DiCaprio, there's a, it's a huge cast. And it's about a gun tournament that takes place in this town. Um, uh, Gene Hackman's in it. Uh, Sharon Stone is actually coming to. It's like a you know the dual gun tournament where the guys like sides of the street, whoever can draw the fastest, you know that kind of thing. Um, Sharon Stone is specifically coming and entering the tournament because she. Uh, Gene Hackman's character is responsible for the death of her family, so this is a revenge film for her. But it's all roped around this like gun tournament. And it's um, it just this this attention to it that I really liked. It's not it's honestly not the best movie. It really isn't. But there's a tension to it and there's an excitement to it. And then like because it's a gun tournament, there's all these like different flavors and types of characters around. And um, that's something that really that's something I really enjoyed about it. I was like, ooh, check out this guy. What's he going to do? Like, how good is he? And like you're kind of you're waiting. <laughs> you're waiting for Danny Trejo to show up as like the knife throwing guy or something like that. <laughs> kind of, kind of. You're kind of just, you're along for the ride and like every new character that appears and gets off a horse or enters the bar or whatever. You're yeah. just like, yeah, where's this going? Like, you know, and they have the tournament bracket on a chalkboard and they're crossing off the names as people die. And, you know, it's just, and then like, you know, you have a gunfight that exists outside of the tournament by mistake. And, you know, Gene Hackman's like, don't stop it, let it go. And the guy dies and they cross him off the bracket, you know, like, it was just it was kind of it was really cool and cutthroat. And I don't know, it was just it was a movie that I just really enjoyed watching. So awesome. Um, yeah. Quick in the dead. Check it out. Uh, uh, I did look it up and Sam Raimi did direct this movie as well. OK, so. cool. Thank you for looking that up. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what is your. Uh, first pick for the name? Yeah, so between my honorable mentions and the first picks I'm going to mention, I'm going to kind of get a lot of the weird ones out of the way first. But uh, the first pick, and I don't even know if this counts if you're like a Western purist, but I went with uh, the movie City Slickers. Um, I just think this is a hilarious film. I think the the dialogue is great. It's definitely a movie that takes place, you know, all within the West. 
albeit not the Wild West, but it still has so many elements of a Western film. And you still have like Curly, who's like the badass um, guy running the whole cattle ranching uh, operation, who has that sort of badass sort of like Clint Eastwood sort of just cowboy role. And uh, yeah, yeah, I don't don't know what else to say. Like, I just really love this movie, Drew. I don't know if you have any thoughts on this one at all, but Um, I love both city slickers movies yeah they're both both great fantastic for both different two for many different reasons um but yeah no and i honestly when i was kind of doing my list did they make my short list because they would have oh yeah they both made my short list yeah because i was kind of focusing on the more i was trying to focus more to the traditional cowboy stuff i didn't make the cut so yeah and this one was weird um but i feel like you could you could do a, a version of this movie about like a bunch of city folk going on sort of a ranching expedition in the wild west. Like you could do it in a different time period and still have a lot of the same jokes and stuff. And that's why this movie, I do feel like, I feel like at, at its heart, it is a Western movie, but I could understand if you're a purist and say like, no, you know, a Western movie has to take place during the 18th or 19th century, you know, in the wild west or something like that. I definitely would understand those criticisms, you know? Sure. Um, all right, so my first pick for the night is Django Unchained. Okay. Um, I'm a huge Tarantino fan. I don't know if this is something we matched on. No, uh, no, we, we, we didn't. <laughs> Sorry. We didn't. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm a huge Tarantino fan. This movie kind of, I honestly, I wasn't sure what to think of it because, and not that I'm, I, I like Jamie Foxx, but when I heard that he was cast in this role, I just, I didn't physically see it right away. It took the movie for me to see it, to be completely honest. Cause I was like, Oh no, I, I see it. I'm, I'm with you. I've got it. You know? Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So Django and Chain, this movie's awesome on so many levels. Aside from being classic Tarantino, it is just awesome. Um, and when, and I'm just talking like action, dialogue, uh, cinematography, the cast, like this, every, this is one of those movies that fires on all cylinders. I don't know, honestly, if I were to walk down the street and say, Hey, name your uh, top five, uh, Westerns. I have a feeling Django would probably be on most people's lists. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Um, I kind of feel bad, but, uh, I actually haven't seen this movie <laughs> <laughs> Which I know is is kind of silly, like it was really huge when it came out. But I think it's one of those things where it got so much hype and uh, I just never saw it. And I feel like whatever the movie was, it wasn't going to live up to the hype in my head. And I think I'm at a point where I can actually watch this movie and, you know, the hype won't ruin it for me since it's been I don't even know how many years since this movie actually came out at this point, you know. <laughs> All right. Um <laughs> But yeah, so that's yeah, that's kind of all I got to say on that one. So, um, yeah, Chained, everyone watch this because it's awesome. Um, then you should watch every other Tarantino film while you're at it. Um, all right, man, what do you got for your next pick? Yeah, so my next one, uh, this is probably my last weirdest one, but uh, I went with Back to the Future Part Three, and this is another one where like. Yes, this is a science fiction movie. It's a conclusion to a three part uh, movie trilogy about time travel. But all the Western I feel like this movie has all the elements of a Western film as well. But I think because of how intricate Back to the Future as a series is, 
it's just a really interesting story, you know, from different parts, like uh, when Doc Brown's talking to his love interest about Jules Verne and uh, his writings and kind of like the weird, like unknowingness that she doesn't realize he's from the future at that part. Like, I think there's kind of like some eerie moments there and um, just the whole story, like, Marty McFly, as he always is, like kind of a fish out of water, but he's also really just crafty and able to. It's kind of cool. This series, how he's able to adapt to different um, environments, whether it's the 50s or the future or the Wild West. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't know. This movie just has some great characters. I think it was a great conclusion to the story. I know this one, some people would say is a cheat as well. But once you're in the Wild West, I feel like this movie at its heart is a Western as well. So I told you I had a weird list. So yeah, that's my, my, not yeah. sure, my most recent pick <laughs> made my short list and it almost made the cut for me on um, the back of the future three. I, um, it's such a Western, but not Western. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, that's why it didn't uh, make my final cut. So no. I hear you. Um, all right. My next pick for the night is dances with wolves. Okay, uh, awesome. This one, did we match on this one, you said? No, we, we didn't okay. match, but yeah, I love it. Well, you said awesome was like maybe we did. Yeah. Uh, Dances with Wolves, I this is one, I've seen this movie several, several times. This is a really, really good movie. It's essentially um, Civil War is over, and you have uh, Kevin Costner is playing a, uh, he's a Civil War, I don't remember if he was a general or a captain, or um, he was high enough in rank that they were like, where do you want to go? And he really wanted to kind of retire from the war and go live on a, and he got, and they sent him to a fort and said, it's yours, have at it, do your thing. Mm -hmm. um, and just trying to live there on his own, he befriended some Indians and then joined the tribe and, you know, the story <laughs> kind of writes itself and he becomes like, you know, he be, kind of becomes one of them, kind of like the indigenous people, I guess you could say. Um, criticism from the uh, other soldiers that come visit and stuff like that and because they don't get it. But he was it's literally him like learning to live and be with peace of nature and all that stuff. And um, I almost feel like in a weird way, it's almost Avatar. <laughs> as I talk, Interesting. As I talk through it, I'm like, wow, Avatar was Dances with Wolves and Pocahontas all put together in one movie. Um, right on. But no, Dances with Wolves is really, really good. It's it's a lengthy movie, but it's phenomenal. It's it won several uh, Academy Awards um, at the time. Um, so yeah, everyone, I, if you're if you're looking for a good western, I really think this is a good one. I think everyone should check it out. So yeah, I, I think it's a great movie in general too. Um, I've seen this movie several times as well, and it's kind of weird. Like I remember. As kids, we had like a VHS tape of this movie, and I just remember that being on almost on repeat sometimes, which is kind of I feel like it's kind of a weird movie for a bunch of uh, kids to sit around at wa and watch. But I do remember that VHS tape being on <laughs> TV quite a bit. But uh, yeah, definitely a great pick. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> All right. So what do you got for your third pick for the night? OK, awesome. So uh, my third pick um, is kind of a little bit in line with you were mentioning the Lone Ranger earlier. Um, and I actually went with the Mask of Zorro. Um, uh, this yeah. is a movie I've talked about on the podcast, but I really like this movie for a lot of reasons. I really loved watching this growing up. I think it's a great adventure film. I think it has a lot of these sort of 
Western elements that you'd want in a movie, whether it comes to shootouts or great action scenes or just the Western feel, even though I think it takes place in Southern California, um, like between Southern California and Mexico. And I don't know if it's the typical Wild West setting, but um, I definitely think it counts. I think it you know, I did see it on some Western lists, but I mean, this is also Zorro. And to me, I feel like the Lone Ranger and uh, Zorro are both some of the first superheroes we ever got. Like these are masked of, of masked Avengers. And uh, I think this is, uh, you know, having this pick on my list is kind of my cheat way of uh inserting a somewhat superhero movie into my Western list. So there you go. Uh, Drew, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this one, but uh, yeah, I just really love this movie. Uh, which movie again? Sorry, I was kind of... Oh, sorry. Yeah, The uh, the Mask of Zorro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I almost said, well, because there's the, there's the Mark of Zorro as well. And then, mm-hmm. uh, so I was like, which Zorro <laughs> film, if you will. That Yeah. The Mask of Zorro, the first one. Yes, there, was, yes. there was also the Legend of Zorro, wasn't there? The Antonio Banderas did two or three of them. Uh, yeah, the the Mask of Zorro was the first one with. Uh, yes. and, yeah. Um, and I'll say this: I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you on this one. I never saw the other ones, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. But I know was, I saw the second. I can't remember if there was a third or not, but it was. It's really good. I really, really. I was very like bizarrely impressed with uh, the mask of Zorro. Um, when I went, I didn't know what to expect. I was kind of going in. Sounds cool. Whatever he's, you know, and one of the things that drew me there was uh, the Batman connection. And oh, right. because he's a masked vigilante, but because Bruce Wayne went to the movies with his parents in the comic books to see the mark of Zorro and then they get murdered in the alleyway. Uh, so there's a little bit of Batman in me going, well, I gotta go see the movie. Um, the, uh, but this was one where I what really blew my mind about it is I have a thing. I have a huge thing for swords. I really love sword fight scenes. And I'm not talking like lightsabers, but like legit fencing sword fight scenes. Yeah. There's amazing sword duels in Mask of Zorro, like real quality fencing stuff. Um, so, yeah, that that was one. Yeah, that's one I'm actually glad I, you mentioned that. That's one aspect I highly, highly remember from that movie that just um, really kind of blew me away. So. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you mentioned the sword fighting aspect, because that's definitely one of my favorite parts of this movie as well. So. All right. And now I'm going to because we're talking about the masked Avenger or whatever, um, I'm going to talk about the Lone Ranger. Um, Nice. (laughs) Now, I am the um, I'm a fan of the Lone Ranger um, because I grew up with it. There was a Lone Ranger film in the 80s, which I remember being awesome. I have not rewatched it. Um, I, don't know, I don't know if it was good or bad. I don't remember. Like as a kid, it was like Lone Ranger. This is awesome. I grew up with the black and white television show. I've seen the black and white films uh, that they've done. I have several of them on DVD. Um, but the one thing, uh, but one thing they did was um, the director of Pirate, um, Pirates of the Caribbean, and their production crew came over and took Lone Ranger. I th- honestly, I think they were hoping that Lone Ranger was going to turn into a franchise. And mm-hmm. they did the one Lone Ranger film uh, with Army Hammer playing the Lone Ranger and Johnny Depp playing Tonto. Um, I, there was a lot of criticism with that movie. But being someone who grew up and knew the source material really heavily, I really enjoyed what they were trying to do with that movie. Uh, right. So my pick. 
So my pick tonight is specifically that 2013 uh, updated version of Lone Ranger. I really enjoyed what they were trying to do. I enjoyed what they were attempting to the, the adaption to the story, the, trying to make it a little bit more mo- not modern in scope and scale, but modern in the way you tell this story. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? OK. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just I was it was just something I was really impressed with. Um and I I was really pleased with the movie. And I remember walk, the whoever I, the person I was with when I saw the movie, I said uh, I came out and they're like, well, what do you think? Because they knew I had the growing up thing with Lone Ranger. And I was like, you know, I was really pleased with it. And I know it tanked at the box office and no one cared. But I have a feeling that it's an issue of it didn't it tanked to the box office because the majority of the film goers are like, what the hell is this? <laughs> you know, yeah, you're right. And the people who are going to see it were the people like me who grew up with it and understood what I was walking into and that kind of thing. So, yeah, um, yeah. I absolutely agree with everything you said. I think um, Disney has the um, tendency to every once in a while release, you know, just really good adventure films like there's the Pirates of the Caribbean films or Drew I know you and I have talked a lot about the uh, Three Musketeers film from the 90s that we both I, love and, I love uh, the Three Musketeers film anyway no but yeah I, I feel like uh, this Lone, Lone Ranger film was a little bit of a continuation of that but yeah I don't know if it was the marketing or what it was that kind of uh, yeah like you said not maybe not as many people want to see this movie because they just didn't know really what it was which is unfortunate but um who knows they'll probably be rebooting the lone ranger in a few years or something like yeah. that yeah yeah <laughs> who knows why not um <laughs> all right so what do you got for your next one yeah so uh my next pick um i'm gonna go from one antonio banderas film to another and uh that's why I picked uh, Desperado, actually, which we've talked about pretty recently on the podcast. Um, this is another one where this is a modern day film. You know, this doesn't take place in the Wild West, but it has so much uh, Western elements to it. And uh, it was another one where, yeah, it was on a lot of the lists that I looked up. And uh, this is just one of my favorite films. And if you want a movie with a just really cool, bombastic cast of characters. I think this is a great movie. If you want a movie with fights and saloons and different shootouts, and if you want those fights to be very visceral and unique and just exciting to watch, I think uh, Desperado is just a great film. And like I said, I'm not always I'm I usually tend to go more for the melee combat fight scenes when it comes to my favorites. But I think Desperado does such a good job of really making those uh those sort of shootout sort of fight scenes i think this is a movie that makes them very exciting you know you're not just looking at two people shooting at each each other from afar there's a lot of cool strategy and just different aspects that come into it which i love um but i also just i really love um uh i guess um antonio banderas's character in this movie i like the uh the image of this sort of lone traveling musician who has a uh, guitar case full of guns. And I just think it's such a cool, just fun kind of iconic concept that uh, really makes me enjoy this film as well. So like I said, Drew, we've talked about this movie quite recently on our Danny Trejo episode, but I don't know if you have any thoughts on this one. I, I feel like this is a modern Western. That's my <laughs> on this. I, I absolutely love this movie, but I just feel like it's more yeah. of a modern Western. I'm not modern because modern of when it was made modern because it 
takes place a little more present day than most absolutely shoot them up old school westerns go and if i wasn't in my brain thinking cowboys and being like wild west i probably this probably would have made my list because it did make my short list uh, but i was kind of focused more on that cowboy aspect if you will no and i absolutely hear you and this is one where this is another one where i just felt like the film feels like a western to me like i remember looking up different westerns and there was places where they were even listing like the movie Logan as a Western. And I understand that that movie uses some West, like kind of a Western template and, you know, tropes for its storyline. But that movie, I don't know if it really truly feels like a Western to me where I feel like this one does. And I feel like there's some other examples like that, but um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's more of a feel thing, but I definitely understand what you're saying. Like this movie takes place, you know, closer to present day. So you know, a Western purist definitely would include this one on his list, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, my next pick for the night is the movie Maverick. Um, oh, yeah. This movie, first off, it's really funny. Secondly, <laughs> there's some great action sequences in it. Third, this has got a huge cast. <laughs> like, huge Absolutely. cast. And there's some crazy, like, cameo things in here. Um it's also like every aspect of every Western you've ever seen rolled into one movie. Um, the story's pretty decent. Um, it's based off of an old television show. Um, this is one where they took source material and made a uh, really, in my opinion, decent film based around um, the source material. And the story had me entertained all the way from beginning all the way to the end. Ultimate goal, like you knew who your good guys were. There were twists as to who the bad guy really was, which was awesome. Um, there were twists with the good guy stuff going, oh, I didn't see that coming, that kind of thing. Um, and then you're engrossed with the story and you want to see him succeed and you care. And like I, they just I just think they did a really nice job of putting it together. And then you throw in the comedy. It's just it's I don't want to say it's a perfect film because I know that Maverick is not one of those like movies talked about like it's the greatest movie ever. But it really is a solid movie from beginning to end. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Well, absolutely. I almost feel like this is a bit of a forgotten film. Like you never hear people bring up Maverick in conversations, but uh, I just remember loving this movie a lot. Like I kind of agree with everything you said. Like, I just think it's a really, really fun film. And uh, from what I remember, it's really good. I, this movie made my short list, but it's one of those things. I haven't seen this movie in so long that I just, I need to rewatch it. You know, I, there's a lot of the plot points I can't remember and stuff. I just remember kind of watching the movie and having the feeling like that. Yeah, this movie's great. Um, I do really like that. This movie focuses a lot on uh, poker though, like, you know, poker and playing cards, because yeah. I feel like that's a huge Western element that not, you know, especially a lot of the, newer Western movies I've seen maybe don't focus enough on card playing, but I love that that's kind of a really central uh, template for this whole movie. I think that's really cool actually. So. Yeah. 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 And that the card playing and stuff, really, <laughs> and I'll tell you, you people out there who like your Texas Hold'em go play five card draw for real. That's real poker. Um, 
Oh man, I'm glad you said that because I agree with that as well. I'm I'm sorry. This Texas Hold'em where you just bet on the two cards, like I'm sorry, like go play go play five card draw. That's real poker. Yeah, and and I I don't I don't like the whole the Texas Hold'em aspect where everybody knows what everybody else could have. If you know what I mean, like like oh well somebody could have a flush and it's just kind of like. Uh, this is just isn't as fun. You know, I like, like the secrecy like, and stuff. Like, of yeah, a five card. Some, draw. Somebody could have a flush, but that's part of the secrecy. That's a part of the tells. That's a part of like keeping. A, uh, let's that's part of what's actually means keeping a poker face. That's you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> so go play real poker and leave this Texas. Hold'em stuff. And I don't know how Texas Hold'em became so popular. I really don't. I'm like, that's not real poker. But all right. Whatever. Um, <laughs> True story. Yeah. Anyway. Um, what's your final pick of the night, man? Yeah. So my final pick, I feel like we might match cause this hasn't come up at all, but I went with the movie tombstone, which is the just epic, uh, you know, one of the most epic Western movies. A lot of people I talk to just agree that this is the best Western movie ever. I don't know if that's true, but I think for people in my generation, we definitely see this that way. This is just a badass retelling of the story of Wyatt Earp and that whole gang. Um, and it came out in the 90s and it has such a stacked cast. Um, of course, the two characters that I always gravitated the most t- towards is um, Val Kilmer's Doc Holliday and um, Doc Holliday, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, for some reason, I was thinking Doc Hollywood, but I was like, no, that's the uh, <laughs> Michael J. Fox movie. Um, and then, of course, <laughs> Kurt, Kurt Russell just playing the most badass version of uh, Wyatt Earp you've ever seen. But uh, this is a great movie. Great characters, great moments. Uh, it's gripping from beginning to end. I don't really know what to say. It's just this is one where I th- feel like it's such a good movie. It's hard to even know where to begin with. But uh, I don't know. Did we match Drew or did you we have did, something did, else? We did match. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> this is this is a movie. And I've talked to people about uh, Tombstone where they've said they've specifically told me that they don't like the movie. They didn't. They thought it fell Interesting. into many, they, they it fell into too many of the Western tropes um, in terms of that genre. And maybe that was intentionally done because ultimately it's still a Western. Um, it is a true story about. Um, it is a true story about Wyatt Earp, Doc Holliday, the shootout, the OK Corral. That's the big kind of turning moment in the film. Um, the the movie is super. In, the movie is really intense in terms of like the gunfights and like the story and stuff. But it's also like a really like I mean, aside from being an amazing, amazing film for my dollar, it is probably the best Western I've ever seen. Um, it's a movie that when it's on, like it's one of those things when you're flipping channels and you see the tombstones on, you stop and you watch tombstone. Um, and I'm always hoping like I'm getting it right at the okay corral or right at one of doc holidays, cool, like, um, bits and doc holiday. I really feel like Val Kilmer stole the movie. I really do. It was such a great supporting role. Uh, but, uh, Kurt Russell as Wyatt Earp was amazing. Like the whole cast is great. And it's a big cast too. There's a lot of big names in that movie. Um, one of the things about the movie um, that, uh, that the shootout of the OK Corral um, is what it's so well done. It is so incredible. Um, mm-hmm. Like the way it's shot, the camera work they chose, uh, the intensity with it. Um, the, I loved Val Kilmer's wink. 
um, <laughs> where right before the gun starts shooting, he winks at the guy and you're just like, oh, my God, here it comes. And it's <laughs> the gun to start firing. And apparently that wink was all improvised. That's um, awesome. He just they were just they were just kind of shooting some like close ups and he did it. And, you know, it just made it into the movie because um the uh, I guess the editor caught it. It's like, dude, we got to put this in. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. That, that wink wasn't in the script. Um, but there are other movies about Wyatt Earp and they don't really hold, in my opinion, a candle to this at all. This is literally the best movie. So if you're like, what was that movie that they were talking about about Wyatt Earp? Well, there's one called Wyatt Earp with Kevin Costner. Not nearly as good as Tombstone. Check this movie yeah. out. Definitely. Everybody should watch this movie. It's amazing. And because it's a Western, because it's old timey, if you will, it won't age. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. um, Um, It'll always always hold up. I didn't think the Kevin Kastner movie was bad, but I just think Tombstone blew it out out of the water. It was just so much better. You know what I mean? Um, But yeah, just thinking about this movie, some of the things you said, I don't know if it might be bold, but I feel like this might be. I haven't seen all of Val Kilmer's movies, but this might be my favorite performance of his. Like, I I feel like he just like Doc Holliday in this movie is such an over the top character. But the way Val Kilmer portrays him is so believable and so just engrossing and infectious. Like, I think he really knocked this performance out of the park when I think back on it. Uh, the other thing I was thinking of, which kind of seems really random, but the uh, whoever did the costuming for this movie actually really knocked it out of the park as well. Cause I'm just thinking of uh, sort of like Doc Holliday and his overall look and his facial hair and stuff. And then you compare that to Wyatt Earp and his much more like clean cut look and his mustache. And I feel like a lot of the characters have very distinct looks where you could see them from across a field or something and know exactly who that character is. Like you think of the main villain and he's got a very unique looking cowboy hat. And I just think when it comes to iconic, recognizable looks, I really think the costuming in this movie is really spot on as well. So just kind of a random tidbit I thought of while we were talking about it. But definitely, I definitely think it's worth saying, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah, (laughs) just absolutely. Um, All right, man. Well, that brings us to the end of the list. What are we doing next week? Yeah. So next week, uh, this one was inspired. Yeah, yeah, I know. This one was inspired a little bit by this week's list, but I decided to go with another um, genre of movies that we haven't touched. um, And it's definitely another niche genre. But I thought it'd be fun to talk about our top five favorite martial arts films. Um, So, yeah, martial arts or kung fu movies, however you want to phrase it. I think this would be a really fun one to talk about. And uh, this is something where you can go from. I mean, you can go from Crouching Tiger to Hidden Dragon to like Karate Kid if you want like this. There's so many different uh, possibilities, but I definitely think this would be a fun list to talk about. I'm definitely not an expert on the subject, but I do have a lot of respect and reverence for this genre genre of films. So I think this would be really fun list to tackle. Um, I get there's one movie off the top of my head that will make the list. I guarantee it. Um, OK, there you go. And, it, and it's not Shang-Chi. <laughs> <laughs> um, not that Shang-Chi won't. That was a good martial arts movie. I'm just saying that, that wasn't the first movie off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one martial arts movie that always sits real kind of close that um, that holds a real special place in my heart because I was just blown away by it. But we'll talk about that next week. Nice. Um, Pete, you ready to end this and toss this one in the can? Yeah, let's go for it. Sweet. 
Um, everybody, do us a favor. Check out our website, top5report.com. They will find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with uh, a link to our email, uh, top5report at gmail.com. You can interact with the show there. Social media, either way works. We are on Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe to us in those places. If you do, you will not miss a single episode. Um, you can also review us. We love those five stars, but we understand criticism because it helps us get better and it makes the words we say feel important. You can follow me personally on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Uh, Peter, what about you? Yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre. And that's where I'll be coming to the realization that he's behind me, isn't he? <laughs> awesome. All right. All right, everybody. For the Top 5 Report, I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Have a good night.